0: Nate, where can I watch this movie? <laughs> I own Other it. Other than just through Zoom on your TV. Or like, um, it's blurry if, in the background.
1: If Xbox would do a fucking... If I play a Blu-ray and it like transmitted to you guys, I would do that.
0: Is that possible? They used be. to
2: do that so, with Netflix on Xbox 360. Yeah. I watched so many movies for the first time with like... Through that uh, feature, because you could <laughs> just your up, you could launch Netflix <laughs> and you could invite people like to like to a game, but like to your Netflix. So whatever you were watching, like and even like your little avatars like walked into a theater and like sat down. Oh my god! And the movie what? played, and then you could change the screen to either, either have that view or you can do like just full screen, like regular or whatnot. And then also you could like react and do like emojis and stuff during the movie. Like we watched Boondock Saints, uh, Rocky Horror Pic- uh, Picture Show. Uh, I think. Uh, that was ahead of its time. That's a crazy nice double feature. Wow. Wow. Cruise movie. Yeah, well, uh because we were watching or because we watched 16 Candles and we're back to John's picks. Not to me. Back to uh Fishy asks a question. And that's you, John. You're fishy. Oh, we're we're and hopping you. right
0: into the trivia, huh?
2: Hopping right into the trivia. Yeah, cuz uh I mean, obviously we do trivia questions that pertain to the film that we just watched and because we watched 16 Candles, John has a trivia question for us. So Nate and I are going to compete. What's the question? 13 Nemo, you think you can do these things, but you just can't.
0: Sorry. Fishy asked a question. So, yeah, this week we watched none other than the 1984 classic with Molly Ringwald, 16 candles. Not the Debbie Ryan version, not the TV movie with Debbie Ryan where she gets, a, gets a 16 wishes granted to her, which is truly what I thought this movie was going to be, by the way. I thought she was going to have, like, a fairy and it was going to grant her wishes. But that remake did things differently. It, I don't know. I don't want to go that far and say it sucked. I mean, it was a groundbreaking film on Disney Channel but
1: yeah, that's not what we're talking threw about it today. at the ground.
0: Well, <laughs> wow. Ooh, <good> one. <laughs> um anyways, yeah. So as you guys know, Jake Ryan is a character in this movie. He is the um love interest of Molly Ringwald's character Samantha and he has a red car. Um but I'm going to give you multiple choice of the model of car that Jake Ryan was driving, and you're going to tell me which one it was or give me your best guess, okay? Okay. Was it a Ford Mustang GT, a Toyota Supra, a Chevy Camaro, or a Porsche 944? I'm going to have Spencer guess first.
2: My guess is I'm going to just say D because it sounds like a fancier car.
1: I was going to say D, but because uh, that's... The answer. I'm gonna go with A.
0: All right. It was D. It was the Porsche 944.
1: How do you? This
0: is like two times in a row where Spencer has the right answer, and you're just like, well, I guess I'll go with something else. No, just stick with your guns, man. Come on. Yeah. Now. But what's the fun in that? That's happened like four times. <laughs> yeah. I was I was looking up the car because I was like, I want that fucking car. I want to be Jake Ryan, and uh, it's very expensive and hard to find. So I could just tell by the look of the car.
1: Happen. I was like, yeah, that's a Porsche. That's easy.
0: Anyways, yeah, Spencer, why don't you do your little Collector's Corner intro here, and then I'll talk about the movie. It's
1: well, Collector's no. Corner!
2: I think Nate just did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new intro. let <laughs> okay. yeah. No, know the
1: intro of this episode has to be, oh, sexy girlfriend!
2: Oh my god, <laughs> this movie was pretty <laughs> racist. <laughs> we'll oh, it. not. <laughs> it, was not, not it, it didn't know it uh, was It definitely was doing. had it's some uh, racial incident uh there's no way it should have been PG. No way. No way. This was before PG-13 even existed and yeah. you could easily tell that. Um <sighs> for sure. Oh, that's a new little spin drift. Is that an alcoholic spin drift? What is that? What, what? what's going on there in that video, mainstream it's, boy?
0: I want you to know that this exists, Spencer.
2: This one has alcohol. Wow.
0: Yeah, and they're really good. Just now you know,
2: Target. I, Target. Okay, cool. Target. I will. The more know you know. <laughs> Ding. Yep. Um. So yeah. So John, you decided to kind of go with a little John Hughes poll. You went with Weird Science and 16 Candles, and sure we did. went with 16 Candles. Um, I don't remember why exactly, but I've. I've seen this movie a couple of times, but I first watched this when I was maybe like 11 or 12 years old because my mom loved John Hughes' movies like uh, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, all those movies. So I watched all of those in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course. So I watched all those movies uh, when I was really young. So many Um, good movies, man. But like I definitely have not seen Sixteen Candles probably since. (laughs) So it's been a long, long time, but it's been that kind of – the most famous, like, romantic comedies of all time, and it's in that, like, genre, that coming-of-age movies. It's top of the list, but, um, Nate, had you seen this one before?
1: I saw it once in college in the first apartment. Okay, because oh, randomly was
2: like, you know what? I'm gonna watch 16 Candles tonight.
1: Yeah, because, John, don't you have, like, the cool Blu-ray slip? Of it yeah, or something.
2: so
0: it's uh, so you watched my Blu-ray before I even watched it, which is this being the first time. Yeah, it's the 1980s okay. Best of the Decades collection, which I have. Yeah. At the time, I bought The Jerk, I bought The Breakfast Club, I bought 16 Candles, Weird Science, um, weird. Yeah, so Weird Science, all of those were part of the 1980s Decades. I think they were at Best Buy or Target or something.
2: Wait, so you have uh, two copies of Breakfast Club? You have a Blu-ray of that, and then you also have the Criterion?
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, correct. Good for you. Oh no, actually, I think I gave away the Blu-ray. Um, gotcha. Okay. At one point, Fair and enough. then I
2: was like, okay, I do want to
0: buy the Criterion anyway. So yeah, yeah, I think might I might as well have that edition. But yeah,
2: cool. Okay. Yep. So yeah, why did you? Uh, I and mean, then you had never seen Sixteen Candles before. This is your first time checking this movie out yeah I, I don't know why i never threw it in the blu-ray player because
0: i've i i love john hughes movies i've seen weird science multiple times that was the one i kind of expected to win but we went with 16 candles because i hadn't seen it which is totally makes sense um and then obviously the breakfast club is a, is a classic uh ferris Bueller's day off i love and i actually haven't seen pretty in the pink in pink i've picked it multiple times to the podcast and never won the poll
2: it's it's the weakest one i would argue i mean okay it's, I would I mean I I like I said I haven't seen Pretty in Pink since I probably marathoned these movies with my mom when I was like 12 or 13 but uh I, I definitely remember Ferris Bueller Weird Science and uh 16 Candles standing out more than What about uh, have Pretty you guys Pink.
0: seen uh I don't this isn't John Hughes but it's within the same kind of genre uh License to Drive
1: We were I supposed to back in college fun yeah. fact back when I think we were doing like we would first start to pick the movies. I remember I think License to Drive was supposed to be one of them. But that's the one, one that, that we I've ended up that. watching was um Bachelor Party or something like that with Tom oh, Hanks. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: way yeah, License to back drive. Greg beeman this is uh nineteen eighty eight, so yeah, it's cory uh, Corey Haim. And it, yeah, it's Corey Haim from uh uh Stand By Me, right? No, that's Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Yeah, so it's another one of those kind of movies with a fancy car and they're trying to drive around and get beer and stuff. But uh yeah,
2: what was the question? No question. <laughs> it was just the fact that you this is the first time Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time you had ever checked out Sixteen Candles because fun fact, uh for those of you listening, uh, fun fact about John. You were I'm are, not sixteen anymore. No, but you're you're kind of obsessed with romance films and coming <laughs> of age movies. obsessed that is had that is by far your favorite genre of film i'm hopeless a hopeless
0: romantic absolutely yes. and the, these movies always have have a special place in my heart they always hit me um, in that one special way and honestly you have if you look at the last couple of years of my best films of the year more often than not i'd say nine out of ten years it's gonna be a film that (laughs) is in this general genre
2: you had like uh an hbo max original called unpregnant as like your number two of like 2020 yeah no and then it was spontaneous it was a bad bad year it was a bad year movies for sure but like still i mean it was still Still. that you could probably never watch because hbo max removed their entire library but uh that being said, yeah, that's fine. I'm just surprised that, that like, you hadn't seen Sixteen Candles, because if you look up any list on Google of like what's the best romance film of all time, what's the best romantic comedy, what's the best 80s film, Sixteen Candles is right there. So yeah, uh, It's a big blind spot in your uh, filmography, so I'm glad that you finally checked it out. So, for yeah. if you've never heard of Sixteen Candles, why don't you tell the good folks what this movie's all about?
0: Yeah, so 16 Candles, once again, is a John Hughes, his first ever directorial film, the first movie he ever directed. I don't think it's the first one he wrote, because he's written a ton of movies as well. Vacation,
2: I think, was like one of the first movies he wrote, uh, The Natural Lampoon Vacation with Chevy Chase, and first time he worked with uh, Anthony Michael Hall.
0: Gotcha, yeah, and actually, at the time, Anthony Michael Hall, this is one of the few movies where I think at least the main two characters, Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald, were both actually that age when they shot the movie, or even... They might have been 15, each of them. And then uh, the guy who played Jake was actually like 22, 23. But anyways, yeah, directed by John Hughes. He did Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, Michael Schaffling. Uh, Haviland Morris plays the other love interest uh, for Jake. And then Getty Watanabe plays (laughs) Jack. hell
2: long long duck, duck lo- or no long, long duck dong, dong. Yeah. the most
0: stereotypical racist chinese <laughs> character you could possibly imagine where That's literally
2: he anytime he's on the screen an actual gong sound effect plays yes and it's like yes, are you kidding does. me even <laughs> when he's not on
1: the screen they just say <laughs> oh whenever dong they reference with him, you tonight yeah. yeah, they not to
2: say his name exactly they just hit the gong it's like <laughs> what
0: he actually well i i we, we will get into him uh we'll get into it but uh Yep. Yeah, he didn't know that he, the gong was not written in the script. That wasn't supposed to be in oh, the movie. of course not. Yeah. Uh, he found out after the fact. And also his accent was fake. So he was actively being more racist because act, that's not how he actually – no. Like, just stereotype. Yeah, he's not – I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Anyways, uh, a girl's sweet 16th birthday is anything but special. Her family forgets about it, and she suffers from every embarrassment possible. Um, so you can only imagine the the antics and uh, precarious situations that she's been in in this film. has a 7.9 IMDb 81, a critical 85 audience and a 3.1 on Letterbox. So, yeah, going into this movie, um, I was just excited for another John Hughes classic and from the very beginning, that's pretty much what you get from the opening sequences um, like when they're showing up to school and stuff. They got the 80s music, they got all the the 80s typical outfits, which I guess some of these shots were actually reused in Weird Science because it just fits the vibe. I think the high school.
2: And even maybe like shots. (laughs) I think they may have reused shots. I guess why uh, not? Because they're
0: both somewhat low low budget uh, films. So it's just, I was just so excited to see Molly Ringwald where it all began. I mean, this is, she's like 15, 16 in this movie and I think becomes like an instant starlet of the time. I kind of wish I lived in the 80s to experience this for kind of what it was meant to be experienced like watching it now like it doesn't really stand the test of time at least for some of the the slapstick humor is a little bit eh but you can kind of see what this movie was trying to do. I mean, it's it's just great. Seeing Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald together, I mean, before The Breakfast Club because I've seen that like I it was just cool. Yeah, Nate? Yes. Sixteen Candles. Is a film. It sure is. I'm I'm interested to know how you feel about this one. I feel it's good really about this one.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I've said it before. Breakfast Club is probably in my top three favorite movies of all time. So it's pretty hard to beat it on my ranking. But this one, the second time around, I had a lot more fun. Some things that... I thought were a little unnecessary, like the whole wedding thing going on. I was just kinda like Well, that's how they forget, technically. I know, but like having the sister <laughs> be like drugged up and I don't know, that just it didn't sit that well with me. But everything so else was just was just stereotypical eighties yeah. high school, which I wish I took a part of. Like I wish I was born in that era because high school just seems so much funner. I don't want to say easier because it's not always easy, but it just would have been an amazing time to be in. Simple and, times, I feel. Oh, very simple
0: and, times. You're not you know worried about you know the texts you're getting in your pocket. You're just it's what's happening in front of you, and that's kind of what I like about the '80s.
1: Like when school dances you. were awesome and like shebangs where there was decorations, balloons, people actually danced instead of standing and huddling in corners and writing bomb threats on the stall door and stuff like that she's at my school um (laughs) holy fuck yeah but he's not wrong that's the sad part Uh, i I did not know that yeah but molly ringwald is just magnetic she's something about her eyes she just emotes so well like whenever anthony michael hall says something really stupid she just kind of turns and looks at him with like big eyes and is like you pervert (laughs) she's so blunt but awesome she just these movies couldn't be anything if it was someone else like it has
2: to be molly ringwald she's like which makes sense because I, i didn't even know this until i was doing some research on the film uh but apparently john hughes had a like uh a picture of molly ringwald and he put it on a bulletin board above his desk, and he wrote this movie like in a weekend, looking at her f- and imagining her for the role. And, a little like, at the same time. Yeah, like that was a little strange. And apparently, like yeah. him, uh, Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald became like a huge, uh, like, click at the time after this movie. And then they, they made uh, Breakfast Club and uh, whatnot. And apparently, John Hughes offered both of them a role in a movie he was developing. And they both declined it, and then he never talked to them ever again until he and then he died. What? uh, What? Well, how many movies he? How many movies did he do with? He held a grudge against them for so long because they were so like they were such a big click, and they were gonna just keep making these eighties, nineties coming of age teen movies, even though he was thirty and they were fifteen. But like he and then once they rejected him for uh, a role, he just kind of stopped uh making those movies and then like chris columbus came in and had to do like their own different versions of like these types of movies with coming of age and whatnot and he just kind of became a screenwriter again and he wrote home alone had huge success with that he wrote uh christmas vacation had huge success with that he kind of just did his own thing didn't kind of made kids movies after <laughs> the, the teen yeah. genre died after molly Ringwald and anthony michael hall declined so it's kind of weird but uh I can, it's it's so perfect though because this movie is a product of its time without a question and like watching this movie in 2022 i mean obviously you can poke holes and and look at it and it's like oh my god like all these like racial uh stereotypes and 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 just also like perversion and and, and craziness but just like what's going on on screen i mean like they're this drunk girl and he's like flirting with her like touching her and like taking pictures of her like it's weird but like you couldn't get away with it now but you totally could in the 80s and it was totally just like accepted and hilarious and it was kind of fun just to kind of go back and, and revisit that a little bit
0: and there were definitely some other things in this script that were gonna be even weirder and more perversive like I guess there was a scene where the dad was gonna ask her about her underwear and then Molly Ringwald was like no take that out and he was like oh yeah okay like John Hughes, really, he must have had some weird quirks about him. I don't know because there, there's there's some more stuff in this of, movie. The
2: more research I've done on John Hughes, the less <laughs> i kind of like, you know what? I just want to just enjoy the movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: like, want to think about the mind about that made much. the movie. I just want to think about kind of the message it's sending, how it's it's a it's really ends up being a slice of life and a and a look into kind of what '80s life was like, like the dating scene of kind of as you're just growing up and that's the first like especially for anthony michael hall's character i love how he's kind of like the cool confident kid among his friends where john cusack for some reason is just a total nerd weirdo <laughs> with his other <laughs> taller friend which and then joan cusack is i don't know what the hell was going on with her in this movie she's super strange yeah doing, but she yeah, a she lot love her. she's the best yeah. gag <laughs> in the
2: film of like when she's trying to uh drink out of the water fountain and she just can't because of her mouth brace can you imagine if those mouth braces still existed they must day. like when I saw deprived, that I totally forgot like that's literally what people had sometimes <laughs> just like you I only see was it in movies that so like, it, I think that's, some that's people, how it was apparently
1: like if you have a retainer I think some people do still use like headgear I had a friend in high crazy, school who yeah. had to use headgear just because they had braces for so long and then they wore a retainer once they got them taken off and sure. he had to wear a headgear
0: the scene when uh, Anthony Michael Hall he like wakes up in the car, but he has his headgear on. Like he thought in the middle of the night, let me make sure I put my headgear on, no matter even if I'm hanging out with this hot girl. He wakes up and the fact that he had when, it, he
1: on him. I Did he think stop back in the eighties, you
0: just you had to have it on you. Like <laughs> that was just a thing. Apparently, just
2: things we don't have to think about anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and like and also uh, they were at Jake Ryan's house, I believe that when he threw the party. Yeah, and they just destroyed his house, and he yeah. couldn't care less because he has just, so much he money. he Gave no fucks whatsoever. Just, and that's the other thing is that character Jake Ryan. They definitely only casted him because of his looks. Because yeah. he had nothing going as a character. He was bland Aww. as could be. Like just I maybe mean, when when he goes and confronts a, uh, uh, uh long long duck dong. long
0: duck dong yeah long duck dong <laughs> and they have that conversation like L-D-D. no she's
2: getting married <laughs> and he's like married like he just was giving no emotion whatsoever in those scenes i was just like come on dude like what are you doing here but uh, anyways like
0: who do you think was a better actor though is it uh who's the what's the name of the guy who plays jake ryan uh let me find it michael Sh- michael shuffling or jai courtney Who's the Jack better Courtney? actor? I'm gonna
2: go Jack with Jack Courtney. Courtney.
0: Yeah. Alright, what about uh the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey in that movie? <laughs> Jimmy Dornan? Oh he, yeah, I mean he I Dornan. Be I know you haven't good seen actor.
2: Belfast, but like he's really good in Belfast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why I say specifically Fifty Shades of Grey, because I
2: know he can act, but okay, like now, if you had said Sam Worthington, then we'd have a different conversation here. Hey, don't don't destroy <laughs> my boy Sam Worthington now. Sam Worthington. Come on. Everest. You wanna put audiences to sleep. Cast and yeah,
0: bring we him back. Evers the pod. No, I think Michael Schaufling was good. He was exactly what he needed to be. He played the jock, but yeah, it was good like,
2: looking.
0: yeah, okay. So, so we're all good looking too, and we're probably not really great actors. That's okay. The thing That's why is, we do is, an like, audio podcast.
1: It would be one thing <laughs> if he could act, <laughs> and he never seemed like. A jock or anything like that, unless you're seeing him work out or in a uniform or something. Because other than that, he's always looking at Molly Ringwald. So it's not like there's a chase there. It's more or less just waiting for them to realize it. I think the only
0: reason that he had to kind of be more of a jock is because he had to seem somewhat unobtainable to her. And I get that. We all know that he's obtainable for her. It's Molly fucking Ringwald.
1: Yeah, but he just... Yeah, like Spencer said, just seemed very bland, didn't show a whole lot of emotion. Like, when these people are destroying his house, he's just walking through it like he just got drugged or something. He's just like, oh, no, what's going on? And then he's (laughs) sitting on the phone. His girlfriend's like, what are you doing? And he's like, leave me alone. Like, he's a dick boyfriend there. (laughs) Like Yeah. So I was just like, well, the girl might be a drunk and a meanie, but like she didn't deserve that. She didn't deserve her hair to get cut off. Yeah, he couldn't just open the door. No. like He was on the phone talking to the greatest p- grandparents in cinema history. <laughs> I loved them. Yeah, they, they were pretty
0: in the, in the scene. We got them sparingly, like a lot of the kind of ensemble wow. older cast. I liked pretty much everybody that we got like two minutes of screen time from. They were all sure. great. The
1: little you know? brother. He was a riot. He was also awesome. Oscar yeah.
2: nominated actor. Oh. Do you know what role he was nominated for? Uh, E.T.? The... No. Nope. What's his name? Uh, Justin. Long? No. Bartha? <laughs> yeah, Long. sure. Justin Barth. <laughs> <fucking> Justin Long. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Henry. Justin Long and Tusk. His name is um, Justin Henry.
1: I can see his face. But I can't like I didn't know this until I looked it up afterwards. I can't it'll it might be an oh. Uh, uh, okay, because thing, but... he was
2: nominated for best supporting actor when he was eight years old in nineteen seventy nine for Kramer versus Kramer. He was the boy <sighs> in Kramer versus Kramer. No. This is his shit. second film. Yeah, so this was his second film of Sixteen that? Candles. And basically he is just there to give Molly Reinwald shit. Hell. And he yeah, is just so yeah. Obnoxious, and I wanted to punch him in his stupid face.
1: I wouldn't go in there. Grandpa was in there for 30 minutes. Yeah, he's pulled over. No one ever place. listens to me. <laughs> There were also
0: some, like, weird scenes with the grandparents, like, when they show up and start feeling up their 15-year-old, or I guess 16-year-old, 16 Candles' uh, oh, uh, she's granddaughter. Yeah. Like, oh, they're very perky. They're then, very perky. That's like, I'm just glad that the grandfather didn't feel her up, because that, oh, that would have been more on that, brand that for that John Hughes. But also and, the
2: fact that they brought the foreign exchange student. Like, just Yeah, like, what oh, f- yeah. <laughs> and then they find him just passed out, uh... In the lawn as they're leaving for the wedding, and they're just like covered over him, and that's what he, he was says a like, badass. Don, come to find out, I thought he was going to be. No, Yankee, my Winky, <laughs> in a uh, lake,
0: in the bottom of a lake or something. He said, <laughs> "Log Duck, Don." Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God!
1: You can't do a character like that What's these uh, days. Happening? Like if hot stuff, hot stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the thing. This movie has so many great lines, and that is just. A testament to John Hughes and his writing because I think John Hughes is such a great screenwriter for sure. I mean, I, I just saw Ferris Bueller at a drive in theater, uh, like a week or two ago, and just re watching that movie, just there's so many great, great lines throughout all. Never of the seen films. it in, in, in Breakfast Club. You've never seen Ferris Bueller?
0: It's, Wait, it's, are you kidding me? Well, wow, we gotta know, do that. I wish then. we
2: were talking about this, <laughs> <laughs> instead of yeah, because yeah, I love Ferris Bueller, it's 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 a great, great movie, it's uh, and also. Ferris Bueller really leaned into the fourth wall breaks, but there's a couple of fourth wall breaks here. Uh, well, actually, maybe maybe just one. I think it was and just with one. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. like When he looks into the camera right after he gets the word that like he gets to go pick up the girl or whatever, he's like, things mm. are getting good, good. And then he just peels <laughs> off and just leaves. I mean, Ferris Bueller's entirely fourth wall breaking, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall is like 99-cent version of Ferris Bueller in this movie kind of kind of cuz and- he has the same sort of charisma and like i could see him breaking out into a dance number like if he really wanted to
2: and you also, anytime so. <laughs> his character is on screen, like he has like his own musical cue. It's like da <laughs> That that was another weird dun, thing about dun. this movie. That's where yeah. the
0: slapsticky like sound effects came in, and it was just like weird. what were these these editors were smoking crack like, or something. At the like, end, when the at, what at the, the fuck were they
2: doing? The uh, the bride, <laughs> the sister was drunk, and she was uh, like sitting down on the steps outside of the church, and she like kicks her shoes off and like the sound effects are like like (laughs) (laughs) flying away and also uh, when they go out to have dinner with the in-laws they're playing the love theme from The Godfather
1: I like, recognize why? that. Yeah, I was that's like, "That's, that's so awesome!"
2: Yeah, yeah because yeah. they
1: were like supposed to be Italian and just stereotypical. And also, when like,
2: Molly Reinwald comes home after school and goes upstairs to her room and notices that her par- grandparents have moved in, she's like, "Oh, trying to be quiet." It's a great scene. And she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna sneak down." And they recognize her, but like the Twilight Zone. Theme is playing like it's like, it's like oh, again it's
0: like what the fuck who I don't know who made these decisions cool. you think I mean you could tell yeah.
2: the editors were just smoking so much weed and just having just crazy ideas like oh how whatever long duck don comes on screen we play a gone sound effect that would be hilarious yeah. <laughs> and copy and like paste throughout in. the entire
0: time remember the
1: theme to the twilight zone that would work really yeah. well here
0: <laughs> I think it's the rights for that truly is that universal twilight twilight zone probably
1: i'm sure it's maybe, like maybe a public domain <laughs> sound but like the theme song itself is a little different but is twilight zone the movie where those people got chopped up by helicopter helicopter that is correct
0: i just recently saw the actual video of that yeah and uh, i wanted to die because wow that's fucking horrific they didn't keep that in the movie did they i've never no. seen it no okay that's I promising. don't
1: think legally they were allowed to because that movie is the reason that like child labor laws are like a big thing in Hollywood. <laughs> Dude, okay,
2: sorry. Is that, uh, Ugh. John, I, I finally finished the rehearsal.
0: <laughs> oh, I haven't finished it yet. I haven't finished it yet.
2: Okay, okay, well, I i caught up to at least where you were because I was like only two episodes in. But the fact that they had a clock in the uh, nee, no, this makes no sense. Sorry but the fact that they had a clock inside of the house that was a countdown clock, because, oh yeah, sorry, child labor laws, like, we have to rotate the actors yeah, <laughs> like yeah, every two hours. Ugh, they have to bring a new so baby stupid. in so they can keep interacting. <laughs> so Shit's, Oh my god, I love that shit. oh yeah, child um, labor laws, yeah, yeah. That's a legit thing that still is uh, still happening, yep. Yeah. Another like they I, can't work
1: past 5 or 7 p.m. they can only work a certain amount of hours and
2: well, uh, infants had, can only
1: be on set for like 15 minutes
0: or something we weird like that.
2: Had a baby in one of the scenes in Sex uh and they had maybe like 3 or 4 babies cast and like there because yeah. they, oh, nice. <gasps> nice <hat. laughs> but they had to keep coming in at different hours because, yeah, child labor laws. I mean, the baby couldn't work like past like 30 minutes or like something crazy. It was like, it okay. would be
0: fine. Put it there for three uh, hours. It Who cares? that
2: strict. But, uh, and yeah, I mean, like, toddlers too, they, like, whenever uh, we had seen with like toddlers, we'd be like, All right, we we gotta get this done because, yeah, so.
1: Where did this come from? Like what? How do we get on <laughs> this, labor this topic? Yeah, because John just ran. Oh, we were talking about the Twilight Zone, yeah. and then the movie, and then John asked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it kind of brought us on a tangent there. What
0: I, I want to bring it back down to earth real quick because this movie isn't all just like slapstick bullshit and like racist undertones. There's actually some good coming to age elements here. Where uh, especially one of my favorite scenes was Molly Ringwald with her dad. Yeah, but you only get like one scene, and then like one kind of like glance and wave with her dad throughout the movie. Like in the beginning, he's like, "All right, I got to go off to work," and then you don't see him again. But this one scene with her dad, where he's like kind of giving her life life lessons, like, "Oh, you can talk to me, this and that." That was like so actually a good moment.
2: From that... what I've from what I've read about the kind of production of this film, the actors who played these characters kind of shaped the script a little bit more than what John Hughes initially had because apparently the actor who was cast as the dad didn't want to take the role because on paper it was kind of just a stereotypical dad role that you just described. Just like, just there, kind of just like saying his lines, kind of moving the storyline with the uh, sister, getting married and whatnot. And then all of a sudden this scene emerges that's one of the most heartwarming scenes of the entire film and it just kind of solidifies just like the dad figure in movies because he's just it, it, completely there for his daughter and it's so in coming like, to
0: age movies like i got i think for example like uh Easy A the to-do list there's always yeah, like a quirky like happy nice dad character sure and like the the t- um Easy A is like the best example he's so i love Stanley the Tucci parents. is an amazing yeah Yeah, Stanley Tucci is oh my god he's the best example of like just the dad that you would want as like a as like a daughter i would i could imagine i don't know but um, well, so that's so how i would want to be with my daughter because he's well, yeah, so fucking the, awesome. the the <laughs> actor
2: who played the dad kind of requested john hughes like can i have a scene that's like this like something that is more meaty because he turned down the role a few times and finally john hughes called him back He's like all right i wrote this scene and i hope you like it and he played the scene and apparently throughout later on in his life people kept on coming up to him it was like oh my god i wish i had a dad that was like your character in that film so yeah. like it meant the world to him later on. So that was really cool. And same with the mom. The mom didn't have the scene of her apologizing for missing the birthday. Initially, that was just gonna be she forgot and that was it. But she was like, no, I really think that the mom should apologize. Like I need that scene. Right. And they they wrote it into the film. And those two scenes greatly enhance it for sure. Like I it adds the emotion. Kind of, you need, it that exactly.
0: almost shaped his future scripts because if you, I I see comparisons to Home Alone. Where, like, yep. the parents, oh, forget about Kevin McAllister, and then they, I wonder if, you know, if the if the actors hadn't shaped this movie to have these scenes that kind of bring everything together, if yeah, he would have had would his parents, him. yeah, maybe the mom wouldn't give a shit. Like, he's just, maybe his scripts wouldn't be as surface level as they were toward the beginning of his career, um, because the movie wouldn't be good without those scenes. It would nah. just be very basic Molly Ringwald it,
1: it complaining about shit. It would just be more
2: like shit. slapstick comedy. It wouldn't have that like heart and emotion that yeah. makes us stand out a little bit more. Exactly. Because when, uh, when the dad waves or kind of
1: winks at them, that's all you need. You don't need another conversation like that one on the couch. Basically encapsulates what the whole movie was about. Like it's okay. Like you're growing up. You can talk to us. Yeah. I kind of wish there
0: was less of the slapsticky stuff and more of that. But the movie, like, you could tell that it had already made a creative decision to do the the weird slapsticky. Yeah, it is the And also, also it's his
2: uh, first film. And he, I mean, he went on to make The Breakfast Club. And I think that is one of the best, like Nate said, it's his top three movies. It's easily in my top 20. I mean, it's one of the best teenage films of all time, for sure. It completely captures all of those stereotypes of a teenager. Uh, that movie had all the movie moments that tried. I tried. It, it made had. attempts, and it just was juggling tones a little bit more than Breakfast Club. That kind of solidified more as a like, as a dramedy. That was very strict to be that. This was just yeah, like slapstick, goofy, and then let's throw in some heart because why not? <laughs> and it yeah, worked. the
0: heart was. It felt like an afterthought, but yeah. it really did bring this movie from being just like slapsticky forgettable to like honestly an instant classic.
1: Let's send yep. the audience home happy on a good yeah. note. Let's let's give them a main character that succeeds. And Molly Ringwald uh,
0: personifies yeah. the '80s. Like she truly does. Like from this movie to the Breakfast Club to I'm assuming Pretty in Pink. Um, is that 80s or is that early 90s I don't know But
2: Pretty and Pink I think that was maybe on the uh, it was 86 so yeah I mean, and I think 84 she was 85 in... 86
0: was 16 Candles Breakfast uh, These Club were these were all Pink. one right after the other Molly Was Rose she Rose in St. Elmo's fucking... Fire?
2: Ye- yeah Is that also seen John, that. Hughes? That is John Hughes? I don't know I'm only
1: thinking of the cover uh, <laughs> Yeah cause it's got like Rob Lowe and a couple other people I know that's like I a just
2: pack and, and shit yeah. yeah. I don't think actually I don't think she is
1: no um, no, maybe it's some, it's probably Ali Sheedy or someone else that was in the Breakfast Club. Just because those actors after these movies just were putting stuff because they were amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. At, sorry, as a director, Sixteen Candles came out in 1984. This is John Hughes. Sixteen Candles, 1984, 1985, Breakfast Club, 1985, Weird Science, 1986. He did those. day off. 1987 planes trains and automobiles that he didn't is direct a killer that one, no, did he? run no he did yeah he directed that oh my god um, that's
0: another one of my favorite fucking i would say i mean i'd say planes trains and automobiles is top 50 that movie's amazing steve martin and john candy are fucking comedic geniuses in that movie
2: he made five movies in three years that are just all good classics yeah it's crazy and then Uncle he, Buck too was good. Uncle Buck is great. Yeah, but it's it's not like anything like his earlier uh, movies. It's it's more. I don't know if you guys have seen Buck. heartwarming Blue. family movie. Yeah, yes. Nate, have you seen Uncle Buck? No. Okay. okay. It was always on okay. late. It's John Candy. when I was a
1: kid, and I just I never. That was yeah. before I got into movies type of things.
2: So I'd sure. watch it now for sure because I'm sure I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. And then he just started writing, yeah, with Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, and, and everything else. He wrote Home Alone 2, I think, as well. And he wrote Beethoven. Do you remember those, like, dog movies and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like he just kind of went down just maybe some paycheck. Christ. Uh, he jobs, wrote but... He wrote six. No.
0: Six Beethoven movies? Maybe more.
2: Probably, oh, okay, no. It, it's based on characters, he, so he gets a credit. So I don't think he wrote oh, cause the he's dead for it. So, yeah, no. He just wrote the characters. So, I mean, that's why you, when you have, like, uh stan lee still as uh, credited writer on anything going forward just because he created them yeah, him. yeah. Mm. um but no yeah so what do you think of the final shot though with the iconic candles them kissing i thought she
0: was gonna get engulfed in flames that was my only thought during that scene um the because, of uh, because the
2: cardboard because the cake was it- melting
0: yeah, so, so uh, you also read the trivia. that's great. Um yeah, that's I thought, Spencer. Um, I
1: thought that Jake Ryan was gonna grab her by the shoulders and throw her on the ground and like get ready to do something to her while she like, says stop then long duck wong just
2: walks through with his that's fucking not his name his can you imagine the out. can you imagine the freeze frame like, <laughs> long, like the, right as they kiss it freeze frames and then the credits roll can you imagine the freeze frame that's like right before he like jumps <laughs> just, like, it turns it into a
0: fucking out. straight up like
2: slasher film <laughs> there's the credits roll as he's like mid like about
1: the or. happy days theme song just starts playing sunday
2: month <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember the family guy thing though peter yeah um, that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Jake, not like this. He, like, rips his <laughs> shirt open. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep, another Family Guy reference. Gotta, gotta love to get the context behind those, you know?
2: Yeah, It's, it's weird know, you know, because you know,
1: I knew those moments before the movies. So, like, that's how I have to relate it sometimes. Because I didn't see 16 Candles until 2016. But I'd been mm-hmm. watching Family Guy since...
2: Seventh were, grade came out of the womb, yeah. Basically, I mean, I was that's like also John's realization with almost every episode we do. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Literally, family Guy. like, oh, oh yeah, family we, like spoof yeah. that, too. Like, every single movie that we, we talk about, Family Guy has done some sort of spoof on it. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's awesome. Like, um, when
1: uh, that Chris and Meg steal George Bush's underwear and they like walk out of the stall wait. and they hold it up, I'm like, Dude, yeah,
0: holy shit, yeah. Wow! Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> so many. Every times. single is there a is there a scene of Family Guy where Peter gets felt up by like Carter or something? Probably no. right. Oh uh, well feel like that would there's be
1: funny. probably a lot. I think more or less it's Peter feeling up Carter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I hope so. Yeah. Well I mean, dude, but, yeah. even, even like in Donnie Darko, the episode of Donnie Darko you reference family guy as like with the whole the, the the teacher that was obsessed with like love and fear. You're like, "Oh yeah, that's like Meg's Meg watching uh, Kirk Cameron when she had the oh, mumps." <laughs> like, literally really? exactly, like, dude. Every you everything that it's a family guy no matter what. <laughs>
1: Family Guy's life, bro. Every somehow,
0: time. some way, like Family Guy has shaped my very existence and like my personality as a whole. Like all of us can say that exact same because Family Guy is always in the back of our fucking mind somehow. And whether I'm, I'm not a... really proud of that, but it's true. I,
1: I need, need a would... Family Guy tattoo.
2: I think that's I think like you need to. Yeah,
1: would For you fun. get a quote Ooh, though, or like or a picture what?
0: of like Stewie, Herbert? Ooh. Herbert, no. Just Herber get Herbert
1: above my ass. <laughs> I think you maybe should just get a quote. Get him, like, like, in your go. ass crack. Just, just so get like giggity? You have to
0: spread it to see it. <laughs>
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: just no, I, it. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I would. There's probably some sensitive areas in there. Mm.
1: No, I should just get Peter swearing when he slips down the linoleum steps, where he, like, yeah. slowly tries to walk down. He just, fuck, fuck,
0: fuck, fuck, We should get, all All of us should get a scene that when we stand together, like, ass
1: to ass to ass, it's, no. like, the okay. full scene. No, okay, all right, let's round okay. this up. Yeah, no, Sorry I can. Sorry about that. No, I'm trying my best at like rallying the troops. Like, no, let's long bring duck, it back. Long, long duck, long,
0: long duck, long duck, dong. dong.
1: I feel you. like that's more racist than what I'm saying. Long duck, wong is
0: less racist than long duck, dong.
1: It should be well. It's it's long duck because he's it's Chinese, or Japanese. I don't fucking well, know. well. He's
0: he's Chinese in the movie, but he actively adopted a South Korean accent, so that's even more racist because that's yeah. he's oh these americans
1: will think he's chinese he's doing a south korean accent i don't think it really matters anymore this was i mean no if, like. if this came out now
0: it would they they would everybody would be blacklisted and no one would work again so there's that that
2: <laughs> they were just making a movie they were having fun they weren't worried about cancel culture and you know they were just taking swings with their jokes and exactly. they, like i said they smoked okay. way too much weed in the editing room for sure but i mean you watch Caddyshack now and now you know that they were all just high on coke when they made it so it makes complete sense now you know the truth of all these behind the scenes uh Caddyshack is so funny Caddyshack is ridiculous Nate I need to make you need to you need to complete the John Hughes
0: trilogy or just filmography I think I need to complete the John Hughes thing it's like my favorite genre too I
2: I didn't realize that Nate hadn't seen Ferris Bueller and now that's all I can think about um (laughs)
0: I would love to get a Criterion collection, like box of all the John Hughes movies. You think it doesn't need thing? to
2: be Criterion? I mean, Breakfast but Club.
1: Arrow yeah. Video has a Sixteen Candles release. So, oh, wow.
2: Yeah, but like, also Nate hasn't mm. seen Weird Science, and like, yes, I, I have. Really... Oh, you have seen it? Okay, never. We'll College. Yeah. It's about the two science. boys who
1: build yep, the yes. super hot supermodel. Yeah. Yep.
2: Okay. Well, then Ferris Bueller. At least I think you need to, to check that out at some point. I've almost soon.
1: watched it here on days off, and I just. Yeah, I feel it's like on I Paramount feel Plus. the need or want to, huh? It's on Paramount Plus. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Like I almost watched it be too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Probably.
0: I feel like Weird Science is John Hughes' wet dream as like a 14 year old kid.
2: Dude, it was He's mine. Like, I I got that DVD well, when, I, in, like, uh, Christmas Day <laughs> when I was like twelve from my uncle. It was like, oh, weird science. I've never heard of this movie, but the cover looks looks cool. And I was like, oh, he John Hughes. I recognize that name from, like, uh, Ferris Bueller. I'll I'll watch it. And then I finally did. I'm like, oh my god, this is literally like my fantasy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just, straight up, create god. your perfect girl. Like it's. It's yeah, then your parents leave, amazing. and you throw this ultimate party where anything happens. Then a motorcycle gang shows up and like tries to like take over. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's kind of got Jumanji. It's the vibes actor a from bit. Hills of Eyes, I think. Um, that is on the motorcycle, like the crazy looking guy from the Hills of Eyes. Oh, my, um, um,
1: Michael Berryman. I don't yeah. know his name,
2: but most likely. Yeah, you, yeah, I know I what you're talking it.
1: about because he was in like the Devil's Rejects
2: and
1: yep. Yep.
0: all that. Yeah, I yep. literally just want to watch like fucking like twenty three eighties movies like back to back to back to back to back right now
2: why 23 it, it was a lot of fun watching ferris Bueller, i don't know. uh at the drive-in that was kind of a throwback because i hadn't seen the movie in a while and that was like last was... week wasn't it uh I, it was you, la... you were just there it wasn't it was two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago. You know, yeah, yeah almost two weeks ago at this point but um they played harry potter five and six last weekend <sighs> and i almost went oh but burke God. and i literally watched those movies on uh On TV, like that previous weekend, so like there's no point, dude. I would just go
0: for Half Blood Prince because that's the best one.
2: No, yeah, but that also started at 9:50, and it gets cold now.
0: Jeez, man.
2: Ooh, really? Chilly. I didn't stay for the Blob. I I really wanted to, but it didn't start till 11. And I was like, shit. I had been there since six. I was like, I'm just like, I'm going to go. <laughs>
0: was it like busy
2: there? Like, was it packed? It was a good or... amount of people. I mean, E.T. was packed. E.T. was awesome. Yeah. It was, it oh, I'm good. sure that would have been amazing. Yeah. It was so fucking dope. Um, 16 Candles. I had a lot of fun revisiting this movie. I completely forgot about the campiness and the like we have mentioned the the racial incentivity of uh, a, a lot of things that happened with long don duck um or long, long duck don dong, but sorry long duck Dong, yeah long duck dong yeah, <laughs> it's dong. It dong where oh, is man, my automobile yeah, <laughs> just i love the Bear. Yeah, all the lines so like, good right, right there the lines in this movie the quotes it's just endless uh, you can tell that you just had a very witty screenwriter giving all these actors just great material and they were just soaking it up. Uh It's his first film and that's incredibly impressive and you can just see him laying the ground of where he's going to go with his career and you know, it's just nothing but excellence. So this movie is his, it's not his best. It's didn't hold, it didn't, necessarily hold up. I didn't love it like when I, as much as like I was thinking I was going to but uh, or as much as other movies but I'd still give it like a solid 3.5 maybe even a 4 out of 5 Like I still really liked it. It's still a great, great movie and uh, it's funny it has heart, great performances great writing and it's John Hughes so yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit so I'll, I'll give it a 4 I liked it a lot.
1: I'll four match your five. 4
2: Spencer. Yeah. I'll match your
1: 4 because oh. when I first watched it I gave it a 3.5
2: Because I went back on my,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it was on my letterboxes that, and I was like, you know, this time around, I feel like I, I would buy this movie, and so if I would buy it, I think it's gonna, it's got to be a four out of five at least because it's just, it's Molly Ringwald, just becoming a superstar, and it kind of stinks that Anthony Michael Hall, after Breakfast Club and a few other movies, didn't really hit it big until he came back for Halloween Kills. So evil dies
2: tonight. Evil does tonight.
1: Yep, yeah, I'm going to take Dice out Dice Michael. Okay, hit him with this bat. I'm going to hit him with
2: this bat.
0: Yeah, I just pictured Spencer as like a paraplegic in a wheelchair that couldn't move from like the waist down right there for some reason.
2: That's Anthony Michael Hall in Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: holy shit. Well, Evil how are we supposed Dice to know Knight. that wasn't Michael? Oh my god. Yeah, but he's yeah, been around the block. Four out of five for me. Definitely a solid 80s classic that if Criterion were to put it out, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I would, I would, I just, since this is just, I feel like this is just a genre made
0: for me, you know, um, the to-do list, the kissing booth, I mean, I, we can't not mention <laughs> the kissing booth.
2: <laughs> As, As are 17. Now, paper it's towns. all just like, the way, up. way
0: back. Like, Ooh, paper I towns. love everything. Paper Towns, oh, i'm Delevingne. Cara is off the wall right now, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but like, <laughs> But yeah, sixteen candles. I don't. I think it might be my least favorite John Hughes movie. But that's not to say it's bad. I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science.
2: Like I think pretty. In Pain Those are fine, all... But this is like a close, like
0: bottom second. Okay, yeah. And that's not even saying the movies are bad. Like he, not he's at an all. incredible screenwriter. Like most of his movies are, I would say, just instant classics. Especially his first five or six films. He the the way he casted the movie Molly Ringwald's just one of the most iconic actresses I think of all time just in terms of like her look and like what she did for these type of movies like you think of the 80s you think Molly Ringwald Anthony Michael Hall that's what you think of or Judd Nelson or like everybody in the breakfast club I guess but yeah I, I think that this movie like it does have the weird slapsticky stuff we've gone over it time and like over and over on this podcast it's it threw me off it's not what I expected considering this is the first time viewing Um, like they, they dropped some some R words, some F words in the movie too, where they do it in a comedic fashion, but it just it ends up being kind of cringy. I think and it was okay. the f-
2: I think it was the first time I heard the F bomb in a film. Because I mean you were eleven, so probably. My, I know exactly. Yeah. And my mom was so like <laughs> literal in terms of like, Oh, it's PG, yeah, you can watch it. And so when we watch it, no, yeah, it's like, like, like I can't believe they forgot, <laughs> they forgot my fucking birthday. And my mom was like it's <gasps> like I Oh, 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 I was, I was talking about and then Ooh, also wow. the tits, yeah, I mean, in the shower. And then just, like, even, like, that back to sound effects, too, that scene in the shower when you finally, like, see the tits, like, dong. <laughs> like a of course, sound yeah. <laughs>
0: like, Jesus really? Christ. And, and I was actually talking about the other F word, which I think is way worse to hear in movies these days, because they use it in such a comedic fashion, like, oh, don't be a...
2: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: I get you know what, what I mean? Because they okay. say it two or three times with a john cusack's or uh, anthony michael hall says it and i was like hey come on but it's fine um it's the 80s and uh it is what it is actually they used it recently in a movie i saw in theaters someone said it and i was like what what did i just see in theaters the, the movie's the perfect balance of of that coming to AIDS just feeling that you get the 80s and just john hughes really knows what he's doing even with his first movie like he did an incredible job like he he is a supreme talent of this time and uh i need to finish his filmography i'm gonna match all your grades with a four out of five it might be my least favorite of the john hughes movies but it's still very 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 good i had a so. new
2: rule that anytime we matched a grade all around that we all should get down and do 10 push-ups that i have yet to pitch that to you guys until right I'll do it right now, now. i, I have to pee really bad but i'll do it I, I don't know if I so can, bad. but I'll try. But anytime yeah, I'll we it. get, we'd give the same grade. And I also was thinking, anytime we gave like a five out of five, we had to that's do something 50 crazy, push-ups. like stand up and scream. Um, but like, yeah, because we I all gave do it a, that, I'm home alone. Because we all gave it a four out of five, I think we all do need to get down and do ten push-ups. So that's But let's I, do I don't know. But, but, but oh, I did no, okay, okay. I'm
0: sore Yeah, I did chest yesterday. So all right, let's do it. I'm just a weak ass bitch. So yeah, five yeah, four out of five. Four out of five.
2: Sixteen candles. Molly Greenwald. Into my wall. <laughs> Dara, <laughs> Okay, all right, that was good. That, was good. Oh, yeah, that felt, that
0: felt really good actually. I might do that
2: like that was every, I think Nate's doing like thirty. Fuck, <laughs> we lost <laughs> I thought about doing more, but I don't, I don't hate myself yeah. that much. Yeah, yeah. I could, I probably could kept going. I felt good there.
0: I can do at least thirty-three push-ups in one push. That's pretty much my max.
2: Um. So I like this going forward <laughs> We should keep doing it. I'm fucking fired up. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh,
1: I hate you guys. <laughs> fucking
2: go. That wasn't my idea. All right. So, 16 candles. Uh, it. It's just a fun.
0: Wait. Shouldn't we do 16 push-ups? Let's do six more. Six. draw.
2: We should have. Nah, you're Fuck. right. But. Yeah. Just do the six more. God damn it.
0: Okay, okay. All, right. all right, let's finish
1: the podcast. Um, right. Did Spencer
0: do them? I you promise. Did, by I did
1: our, really our fast. Okay. Yeah, did. Wow. By our thousandth episode, I will be in my chair before both of you. Just okay, saying. Fair enough.
2: What if we all just forcefully give the same grade
1: going for?
2: I'm just glad Three, we all have enough room now. out of five. So, yeah. <laughs> two, <for> four, four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh okay yeah, yeah so it's a product of its time 16 candles john hughes if you haven't seen it what do you
0: i can't wait on? to make the thumbnail for this one i'm just gonna put it in like hmm, go get a
1: birthday do? cake oh, yeah get a
2: birthday cake. i'm obviously get getting a birthday cake shove the blu-ray in the center
0: that, i feel um, like that's the obvious choice but now that i've seen the movie i'm trying to think of what else i could do hmm well you'll find out
2: We'll find
1: Take out. a picture yeah. of it from underneath the coffee table. Have, like, a mess all around it, and then That's just the also cover. That's
0: a good idea. I'll just destroy my house and put the Blu-ray amongst, like, PBR trash on the ground.
2: Perfect. We're just in a
1: shower yeah. with a naked lady.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Maybe I'll get a body double to play me.
2: Yeah, just put out an ad on Craigslist. Yeah. Looking for yeah. a model for two-hour shoot.
0: for a three-hour shoot, yeah. Yeah. Just need um, you to hold the Blu-ray between your tits, yeah.
2: I'm sure you get a lot of fucking responses.
0: <laughs> Holy shit, 50 bucks. People will do it. Actually, I might know some people that would do it for free. All right, I'll get back to you guys on that.
2: Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Um. Right so, yeah, let us know your thoughts on 16 Candles if you've seen the film. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> okay, I don't know.
1: Have a good one. Oh,
0: <laughs> boy. <laughs> Gong. Anyways, yeah, so that's 16 Candles. What are we talking about next week, though, a little ducky? Quack, next quackety, quackety week, quack. we are
2: back to Nate's picks, and he went with a film that I still haven't seen. It's a movie that uh, neither one of us have seen. I believe, John, you and oh, I yeah. have not seen it. It's a Best Absolutely Picture not. winner. Nate, what is this film? Chip? It's called Marty.
1: Marty. <laughs> Marty. Marty. 1955 Best Picture Winner, Marty. I have no idea
2: what this movie is about. I just have seen the poster of him just like leaning on a table or something. And he's looking kind of interested in the conversation. That's all I know about the movie. Uh, I don't know what the conversation will be next week. But yeah, that is the episode that we will uh, be releasing next Thursday. So that's going to be Marty. Go check it out. I don't know where it's streaming. Is it on HBO Max? Because I know they have like the Turner Classic Movies um uh, catalog i don't know if that sure. it's one of them so let me just look to see where is Marty's streaming is it on criterion do you have the criterion on 1955 no. it
0: is not it's on canopy
2: canopy okay well
0: it's if you it's have gonna be a canopy recal, so
2: uh marty if you have canopy you can watch it if not uh check it out watch it what
0: the fuck is canopy i don't
2: know i'm kind of scared now oh no canopy if you have a library card you just I'm entering s- your library card a number library card. seriously entering your library card number and then you get access to like just a crazy it's like the Criterion channel no you get fucking access way. to so many like movies from across the world international films a lot of movies that have been nominated for like a lot of movies that have premiered at like the Cannes or Sundance or Toronto those I'm types literally going to go to the
0: library and get mm-hmm. a library card and then I'm going to use yeah. my card number and then have Canopy for this movie
2: Yeah, no, because I've heard of Canopy. I just haven't had a library card. My mom has one, so I could get that and then just maybe give you guys the login. Um, I mean, you
0: already use her Zoom account. You might as well use her library card. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: But yeah, uh, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Those Movie Dudes uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have an Instagram as well, follow us. So once again, just search Those Movie Dudes and you get notified whenever we post episodes. You can participate in movie trivias and you know f- see our physical media collection. I think Nate still owes you guys a photo of his uh, recent pickups. So uh, hopefully Nate gets oh. it up on the feed soon. Um, big stack. Big stack. Big stack coming to the Instagram. And next week is Marty. Good old Marty. So Marty. What that hey, Marty. From. Come back for that. And that's it for Ducky, quack quack. Yeah.
0: By the time this comes out, it'll probably be a week or so until the next mainstream boys episode as well. We'll talk about a little House of Dragon, talk about Pearl with Mia Goth. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a good old time. Quackity quackity quoo.